I remember my first weekend free. It was late August of 1987. I was sent for a year abroad to Israel to study in a yeshiva. After 18 years living under my parents' roof, I was with my brother and his friends, our friends. And we had our first weekend free. It was amazing. <laughs> we got on a bus, headed straight to Tel Aviv. The lucky ones who had parents' credit cards went to the Hilton. And the rest of us, we made our way to the beach. We slept on the beach that night under the stars. It wasn't comfortable. It was a bit scary. And in the last, I think, 18, what is it now, 26 years, 28 years since that day, I could never have imagined the journey that I was going to be on or that life would take me on. On that evening under the stars, I had dreams. Some of them came true, some of them didn't. Life was before me. Jacob leaves his parents' home tomorrow morning. Jacob will leave the matrix, the literally the mother holding place where Rebecca is watching over him, making sure that nothing goes awry. Jacob leaves a nest, a nest that might have had deception and other things, but nonetheless a safe space. Jacob is now a fugitive on the run from his brother Esau. And we're told that he comes to a place, Beit El, on his way out of the country. And the sun, as the rabbis say, miraculously set for him as if to, as if to bring night on prematurely, as if to say, Jacob, your life will be a life of the night. Now that you are no longer with your mother, you are going to be a man of the evening. Things will happen to you in the dark. Darkness will descend upon you. And Jacob does this very interesting thing, at least from the Torah's perspective, it's a very minute detail to tell us about. That he takes a stone and he places it underneath his head. And then we know the famous dream of Jacob. He sees a sula mutzav artsa virosho magia hashamayma umalache elohim orlim veyordim bo. He sees this, this ladder, not really a ladder, some kind of stage, and there are these angels going up and down on it. He places a rock underneath his head. The rabbis say very beautifully, playfully, that when it tells us he took a rock, it says he took many rocks. And then finally, again, a couple of verses later, he took on one rock. And the rabbis say, many people know this midrash, he really, he took 12 stones and each one was fighting to say, that one will place his head on me. And miraculously, all 12 of these stones come together in one stone. 
I can't imagine that was a comfortable evening of sleep for him. But he dreamt with a stone under his head. To dream with a stone under your head is a metronym. It stands in for his whole life. To dream with a stone under your head, Jacob, means that it won't be comfortable. You are not entering into a comfortable time of your life. You have karmic consequences to your behavior. You need to individuate, Jung would say. Your life now will be the sand of which the pearl you will become will be made of. You are going to be irritated. But will you hold on to that dream? Will you make it back? What will you make of all of the stones that you will be given? What will you make of all of the discomforts and all of the difficulties, all of the vicissitudes, the exigencies? What will you make of the suffering that will be meted out to you because every human being, Jacob, has a certain portion of Yisurim. What will you do with your suffering, Jacob? This past Tuesday night, we learned a story in the Talmud about another someone not named Yaakov, but with the exact same letters as Yaakov, and in many ways a very similar life to the biblical patriarch. His name was Akiva ben Yosef. Akiva, whose name Akiva is the letters Yaakov Aleph. Akiva, the great rabbi of the Talmudic period, who didn't even know what the letter Aleph meant until he was 40 years old, who worked for his wife named what? What was his wife's name? Rachel too. There's a story told in Masachet Ivamot. The great Rabbi Gamliel taught, I was once traveling on board a ship when I observed a shipwreck and was sorely grieved. There was a scholar who had been traveling on board that ship and who was he? Akiva. When I subsequently landed on dry land, he, this Rabbi Yakiva, came to me and sat down and discussed matters of halacha. Bini, I said to him, my son, mi he'elucha, who rescued you? Amarli, he said to me, daf shel sfina nizdamenli, v'cholgal v'gal sheba'alai ne'neti lo roshi. Akiva said to me, a plank of the ship came my way, and to every gull, every wave that approached me, I nodded my head. Akiva is out in a ship. It's a beautiful day. Akiva Yaakov is on his way. He sees Rachel, and all of a sudden, Rachel becomes Leah, and seven years become 14. Akiva, the great scholar, is on a boat. He's on his way to some beautiful port. And there's a great wind that comes, and before he knows it, he's, he's in the water. And he's struggling. We're struggling with the water. A friend sends his 18-year-old to Israel to study Torah. And the next day, he's gone. A one-year-old baby goes to sleep at night, and doesn't wake up the next morning. 
we lose our jobs. Everything is difficult. We can't stay awake. We don't have energy. All of the small sufferings, medium sufferings, large sufferings, extra large sufferings. Akiva says, Gamliel, you were swimming in the ocean. Who brought you up? Who rescued you? No, it wasn't anyone who rescued me. I took hold of one piece of what was once whole, and that brought me to dry land. I took that dream. I took that dream that was on top of that hard stone, and I held fast to that dream. And with every gal, every wave that came my way, I held on. Every wave that came my way, I held on to love. I held on to the dream. I held on to something that oriented me. What is your plank? What is your dream? That's the litmus test of true religion. There are a lot of rituals in religious life. There are a lot of do this and don't do that. My religion is love. My religion is love. Because in the end of the day, I don't get it. Neneti Lord Roshi, I said, no, I don't get it. This doesn't get it. But this has room. This has room. Brothers and sisters, What it's all about at the end of the day is, I love you. I got you. We stand naked in front of the mystery of why things happen the way that they do. We don't know why Yaakov, Jacob, had to undergo all of the things he had to undergo, but he became our namesake, he became the one in whom all of the stones became united under one, one dreamy head because he could keep his head above the waters that were pulling him down. What's your plank? What keeps you above water? Who keeps you above water? Who gives you hope when you feel hopeless? Who gives you inspiration when you feel despair where do you go that's what i want to know i want some of that i want a lot of that that's what community is about you bring your plank alina right adina brings her plank there's libby with her plank they say here this is what gives me hope and i'm like this wow we're in this together. At the end of the Jacob story tomorrow morning, I promise you this. Jacob will go through 20 years of pain. He will meet his own deception in the deception of his father-in-law, Lavan Whitey. And by the end of tomorrow's Parsha, tomorrow's story, Jacob will stand in front of a monument made of stones and will call it gal Aid. The wave or the pile of witnessing. 
in the dark nights of our life. We need to have the courage to say, I dreamt a dream, I had a hope, it holds me now. God help me make a monument of all of those moments, each one of those waves, and help me locate those who helped lift me as I ride this plank of hope above the turbulent waters of life. I dedicate tonight's Torah to all of those who are holding on, keeping their heads above water, waiting, waiting for that dry land that will say, you made it here, we love you, we see you. And to my dear friends, Yaakov and Jessica, may this community and your community and every person you meet provide you with a plank to hold on to, just as you are so unbelievably inspirational to all of those who know you. May God help us to locate the plank that keeps us above waters. Amen.